Hello and welcome to this episode of Superhero Ethics. Today, myself and Paul Hoppy will be diving into all the questions raised by the second episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You're going to get to hear from me and Paul in the now, as well as me and Paul from the past. Time travel. Ooh. All that and more after a commercial break. We have no control over it. Welcome back. I'm Matthew. I'm your host. I'm joined by Paul. So when Paul and I first had this idea, when I had this idea and ran it by Paul, one of the things I promised him was, look, we'll do quick little episodes. They'll be 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Don't worry about it. I think, though, that if Marvel is going to just lay on the table, look, we're going to give you, like, the most ethically, like, raise hard questions thing we've done since Civil War and Winter Soldier. I, 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 I'm not promising 20 minutes, man. There's so much for us to talk about here. I mean... Yeah, I could, I could, well, I believe we will go on at length, so <laughs> 20, 30 <laughs> minutes, sure. hilarious. Well, and just, just to kind of start off, um, like, we're going to talk a little bit about this, and then we have some uh, uh, other stuff to get into, but, like, for me, I spent most of the episode realizing, like, that every character has a lot of depth, that I'm not really sure who's right, I'm not really sure who's wrong, I'm not really sure whose side I'm on, the only one that I think I completely agree with is... One world, one people. One world, one people. Right? Like, they're... Wow. I'm, oh, I'm absolutely. so... Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just, like... Everything we were kind of talking about before of, like, you know, well, are they going to talk more about race? Are Flag Smashers <laughs> going to be, like... Well, yeah, first of all, yep. like, yep. they're going there with race. <laughs> they're going there hardcore with Art. race. Um, I, I will also say this. I've said, I think, on an earlier podcast, certainly I've said this on TikTok, that... While I am all for shipping male characters when there's some, like, flirtation or some energy in that regard, then I don't think it's great that any time two men have a emotional relationship on screen, we always think that that, that that must mean that they're romantically attached to each other. I think that's actually a, a really kind of toxic masculine attitude of the idea, like, men can't just have strong emotions as friends. And so I said, like, I'm not sure where this is going to go. That being said... Those of you who want to write erotic fanfic about Bucky and Sam, start your engines. Because Marvel has just said, yep, here we go. Here's all the flirtation you want. Here's all the excuses to write stories. I don't think Marvel's actually going to tell us that's what the characters are. But they're giving us every possible subtext they can imagine. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, sure. Like, I don't see it that way. But they're definitely, like setting up situations where you can read that that's exactly what i mean like yeah okay i don't think that you're supposed to think the characters are actually romantically attached to each other but they did like the very classic like guy lands on top of hot girl oh yeah yeah they did that yeah yeah yeah. they did that they did the thing of like them sitting like thigh to thigh right 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 which was like what why 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 is she having them do this (laughs) this seems totally it might turn out to be like a great dynamic it might turn out to be some of the worst queer baiting we've ever seen on screen i'm not sure yet but they're very clearly saying like hey those of you who want to have fun dreaming about sam and bucky getting together here you go. Right, right. You know? Yeah, it definitely feels um, kind of queer baity to me. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, just, I, I don't feel any of that actual vibe between the characters. To me, yeah. they feel like brothers who are bickering mm-hmm. and have this weird sort of feeling about, like, their, I guess, more like older brother type figure, kind of, you know? Yeah, I, I actually wrote um, 
and we'll talk more about this in a bit, I wrote it's siblings fighting over which one dad loved most. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I was going to say father figure, but I'm like, he's not really a father figure. I mean, he is like 60, 70 years older than Sam, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he wasn't awake for that whole time. Um, but yeah, it definitely, that, that's that's the vibe that I get. But of course, you know, they do have the like, you know, the physicality and if that's what you want to read into it, like, you know, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just definitely don't think, um, I don't know. I, there's like a lot to say about, you know, male relationships in fiction. And, um, I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm so happy that they actually got these two characters on screen together so quickly in this episode. Yes. I was really concerned they were going to, like, wait till, like, the last episode or something to have them on screen. But I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. okay. But yeah, and I think think if we're doing this one of these for every episode, I think at some point we're going to dive a lot into, like, the dynamics of male-male friendship and relationships and how that is or is not eroticized. Because, yeah, I think, like, I think, you know, I think fan fiction is awesome. I enjoy quite a lot of it. I think, you know, we need more, you know, gay superheroes. And I think the there's a lot of stuff floating around about, like... At least one, like, yeah, yeah. you know. I mean, there um, are some in, in in numerous uh canons, but not in the MCU as of yet that I can think of. Yeah, um, I think I think Agents of Shield had um, like I feel like Agents of Shield or oh. one of the Marvel shows had like some people who were like hero sidekicks who who were queer right. in some regard or another. But yeah, no Deadpool, who's not officially in the MCU, sure. but yeah. might be at one day. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but but um, and and my point is being like. Yeah, I I love the fan fiction. I love I love when those dynamics are there. I th- I think there's something to be talked about about the idea that like we also need a world where men can express emotions to each other and not everyone be like, oh my god, look, you're gay. Because right. some of that's like, yay, more gay. Some of it's also like really like homophobic. And I it, that's a whole yeah. other topic. Right, right, right. And I'd say point. that that kind of plays into their whole you know reluctance with therapy and like sharing their emotions with with each other like that's a real problem in the world and it seems to be an issue that they have in their dynamic yeah Um, for sure but there's so much else in this episode i just i feel like that we'll we'll wait for a slow one yeah (laughs) because like so going into this episode i felt like i was hopeful about what kind of show this was going to be but really Mm -hmm. wasn't sure um, I don't think there's any question anymore. Um, I mean, we'll see where it plays out in some ways, but. Well, some folks are now thinking like, well, that's interesting, but I wish I could know what Paul of the past actually wanted from this show. <laughs> and friends, through the magic of time traveling podcasting, we can bring that to you now. Paul and I recorded a 15 minute segment before we watched this, kind of talking about what our thoughts were and what we're hoping for. So I'm going to insert that now. It'll only be about 15 minutes of Matthew and Paul from the past, and then we'll bring you back to Matthew and Paul of the present, who will, for us, be Matthew and Paul of the future. Insert it now. Wait. (laughs) So, as Matthew from the future just told you, I'm Matthew from the past, and I'm here with Paul from the past, and so we're going to spend a couple of minutes talking about the episode that we've already seen, the episode from the past, and what we're kind of looking for and maybe hoping or expecting or, you know, not doing theories. We've got, we've, WandaVision has burned us of that, but just, you know, trying to, Get a sense of what we're going to be looking forward to in this coming episode. And I think we're going to start it off because, uh, Paul, I know, you know, we're trying to keep this episode short. We kept it to 25 minutes. But <laughs> you had a, um, you know, there's a lot we kind of left on the table. And I think, Paul, you had a couple things you wanted to, to go into more. So why don't we start with you kicking it off? Okay. Um, I mean, just to start with, this is a show about a black man who may or may not become Captain America 
a white man who fought in World War II trying to make reparations to a Japanese-American man who probably lived through World War II. The actor was born mm-hmm. in the 30s, I believe. Um, and anyway, oh, and an organization that wants to end the idea of nations. So I see no reasonable way to talk about this show without talking about race, politics, identity, nationalism, patriotism, yeah. symbolism, and uh, what you would call ethics, you know, so... I'm, my prediction is we will probably want to do yeah. an episode every week. I, I, we, we talk <laughs> a know? lot on here about how we can find the politics and the ethical questions in almost everything. But then there's sometimes where, like, you don't got to look. You know, like, uh, you know, Jessica right. Jones had a lot to say about... Not, not that every woman's superhero has to talk about sexism and, and relate and all that kind of stuff. Jessica Jones definitely did. You know, Luke Cage put a man yeah. in a hoodie that was bulletproof. Like, they were talking about police yeah. violence. And I think... This is, to me, one of the most politically... Like, I love the way you just broke it down there about, like, the, the significance of Bucky and the Japanese persons. Like, they could have made him any background, but specifically making him Japanese yeah. when he fought in World War II. They're very aware of the political questions that they're raising here, and I love it. I think that's... This is TV at its best. Yeah, and, I mean, during, you know, World War II, obviously, there was the, you know, internment of Japanese-Americans. Um which is obviously horrible. And, you know, so, yeah, I think that was, that was yeah. very deliberate, you know? Um, and, you know, the, the fact that that show is airing now, like right on the heels of this huge increase in anti-Asian mm-hmm. violence. Um, I think it actually, I said something last episode about um, wanting to see more criticism of governments. And among those, you know, obviously the United States, right. That's, that's a thing that we're talking about here is specific right. to this show. Um, but also I mentioned China and I just, <laughs> I wanted to be very clear <laughs> that when I'm talking about like wanting to see criticisms of a real world government um, and maybe, you know, some critique of, of, you know, the politics of, you know, the, the politics in the, the MCU world um, that's very different. That that's very specifically not, um, wanting to see criticism of entire groups of people, right? Um, like, criticizing American foreign policy, the actions of the U.S. military, that's, to me, that's not a criticism of American yeah. citizens, right? Even though ostensibly the United States is a democracy, it's, you know, it's a criticism of policy that is generally um, driven by very powerful individuals and groups, not by the masses. And the masses are kind of, you know taught to accept it in ways right but so i just wanted to be super clear like that um you know i I certainly don't want like shang chi to be like anti-chinese for sure and that actually brings me to something i Um, wanted to talk about which is that the more i've thought about it over this last week the more i appreciate especially in what i hope they're going to do with him the character of torres because like yeah you know this is i think one of the sort of um nuances that's been added to conversations about the military a lot is the real distinction of that we can be critical of the military as an institution or be critical of what the military is used for without throwing under the bus Mm -hmm. all the like people who go into the military especially given that it's often about you know uh people in like very bad economic circumstances or like very predatory Mm -hmm. recruiters who you know go to like you know fairly uh, like i've heard i've seen a lot of comments about this show talking about um you know, people talking about how, like, they were 17 and really knew nothing and, and, you know, were kind of preyed upon by recruiters to get them into the military and stuff like that. And I 
Yeah. I'm really looking forward to Torres. My hope is, try not to do theories here, I'm not, not bringing anything to, from comic <laughs> book, <laughs> but my hope is that he's going to be kind of the fulcrum character in between Sam and the military. And at first, like, mm, the yeah. military will be wanting Sam to do more and more not great things, and, and Torres is the one to kind of push that, you know, and... Like, I think we already established a little bit of that with, like, Torres kind of, like, taking a lot of pictures and wanting to know more about Red Wing and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but but I, I'm hoping there's going to be that moment where, like, you know, Torres wants, tells Sam, like, look, the military needs you to do this. And Sam's like, screw that. I'm not doing that. You you want to really stay with him? And Torres is, you know, has that that face turn moment of, like, nah, I'm with you, you know? Um I don't know yeah. what that will look like, and I don't think I, it has to be exactly like you just said, but I I really love, like you said, I think this is going to be fairly critical of, you know, the metaphorical America that exists in this, but clearly there's there's a story mm-hmm. about American nationalism and how Captain America can play into it that's being told. Clearly there's a story about the military and how that cannon can't be used, and, you know, we should acknowledge, like, uh, there's another story get talked about a lot this week, um, you know, that scene looked so badass because... There was, I think, like actual American military hardware was used in that scene. I think you brought this up last yeah. time. That means that mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. there's agreements with the military that they can't be too critical. So we're not going to get like you know right. burn burn your draft card kind of stuff from this. But I think that yeah. I, I like the idea that we'll probably be somewhat critical of the military as an institution, while having someone like Torres who's a stand-in for like, yeah, the person who might wear the uniform but might not be okay with all the things happening. Yeah, and I mean, you said you're not sure what that'll look like. Uh, maybe it'll look like the end of The Dark Knight Rises, yeah. uh, you know, especially knowing uh, the character from the comics and, um, you know, if if Sam becomes Captain America, um, you know, will, will Torres become Falcon and will that be the sort of like throwing away the badge yeah. or being like, you know what, I, I don't want to be part of the system. I joined the system because I thought I was doing something good and, you know, and maybe because of the economics of the situation. Um, but now I'm going to go off and do what I think is right. Um, you know, and I mean, speaking to what you said about the military, like, yeah, I mean, most of the people I know, most of my friends or or family, um, you know, family through my wife who are, or were in the military are almost all people of color and a lot have come back from, you know, from, from tours and, most, I guess, in the Middle East, um, with like it, it with yeah. effects, you know. Um, and I think a lot of the people who are most critical and most concerned with what the American military is doing are often actually people in the military, where it's not like, like, oh, I'm going to disobey orders or even necessarily going to quit, but like, you know, like, why are you sending us there? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, uh, going back um, to Winter Soldier. You know, you can read parts of Winter Soldier as being fairly critical of the VA, you know, in terms of like the way the the vets who um, uh, Sam is is working with, who are not really getting the best treatment and stuff like that. And so I think there's always been an element of that. And here, I mean, what is Bucky's storyline seems to be focused on, you know, the trauma that he went through. And granted, his being the Winter Soldier is a part of that. But I think that it's not I I, I saw a number of great TikToks and, and articles by soldiers who have experienced PTSD or things like it who really identified with Bucky. Um, so I think, yeah, there's, there's definitely yeah. a lot there. Uh, on rewatch, I will say that the therapy scene looked mm. a lot different to me. Um, Bucky came off 
that's yeah. a lot more annoying. <laughs> like, uh, like understandably, yeah. of course, right? Dude was born in, like, the 19-teens or something. And he's like, therapy? Like, you're mandating therapy? You know, the idea of this, like, mandated therapy in order to get a pardon. Like, I could understand him being difficult and not really right. taking to it right I, away, you know? And I think but I was like, right. I, I looked favorably on that scene because I do know that, like, and again, this, it was very much my experience and experience of others I know. You know, being very, like, treatment-resistant, therapy-resistant is very much a thing. Right. And sometimes doctors yeah. have to, like, break through that somehow. Um, and, and as you said, like, yeah. there's a lot of, like, toxic male attitudes about um, therapy that were a lot stronger in the 1940s, you know? Um, and for mm-hmm. Bucky to be in that world would make an awful lot of sense. I also, though, think I, I also am re- recognizing my own bias, which is that part of why I don't want us to learn, like, people have suggested maybe that the therapist is just, like, pushing him in bad ways because the government wants him to like to prove that he can fall oh, apart please. again or something bad like no. that and it just given how much no. stigma there is around mental health right now i really don't want another show that is like oh yep look therapists are terrible um i i couldn't agree more like i saw someone suggest that and i was like oh that would be an interesting plot twist and an absolutely horrible thing to do the first time that you showed like one of these superheroes yeah. getting therapy, like teaching people like, oh, maybe you have to be suspicious of your therapist. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, we want conflict. We want drama in our stories. But like, I feel like there's enough drama and conflict within Bucky. We don't need anyone else yeah. messing with his mind. Well, that's interesting. You I, know, like, now I'm thinking and of it, like, this is the first time a Marvel character has gone to an actual therapist, right? Yeah, yeah, there was the scene, there was Iron Man 2 where it feels like Tony's talking to someone, but, like, he's talking right. to, to There's Bruce that, there. um, you right. know, there was the, like, the group therapy that Sam and Cap ran, but they're, like, yeah. they're the ones running it, not just participating. Mm-hmm. Daredevil basically uses his priest and then his nun as yeah. therapists, and that, that is a thing that people do, but, mm-hmm. yeah, no one's actually just been like, hey, you're a licensed clinical therapist, I have PTSD, I have depression, I have anxiety, I have... Uh, massive narcissistic issues like tony does you know right like almost every single one of these people should be talking to someone (laughs) you know super true (laughs) so so it's really great to finally see it just for it to exist and and um i i'm you know i'll recognize my own bias which is you know i i went to therapy when i was like Mm -hmm. eight nine um and then when i was a teenager you know after my dad died and then after my grandparents died and um it was a very different process for me because i was like yeah, I mean, I you know, I was being raised by a single mom, and she was like, yeah, this is a good thing yeah. to do. Go talk to someone. And I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So I did, and, and I had, you know, I, I loved my, my therapist, like, um, not in a projecting yeah, they, sort they of way. Yeah, they were a helpful like, practitioner like they, you. you know, ex- exactly. And, um, and so, like, you know, that was my experience. So, you know, looking at this, I was like, I would just be like, no. <laughs> like, I'm not doing this if this is how you're approaching it. But, like, I don't think a therapist would generally approach me that way because you know i'm not like trying to get over the the trauma of like killing right. tons of people or whatever so i know most people are listening because they want to hear future paul and matthew who for them are present paul and matthew but for <laughs> us are future and so they don't want right. to listen to past paul and matthew so no, there's still future for uh, us i did also just watch the scene from Spaceballs, where like now is then and then is now so i'm a wow. little bit on the mindset um but it's a perfect time for that joke but anyway yeah uh do you have one last hit one last point you want to make um, I have two, but they're really quickly and I wrote it. everything down. So I'll basically just read it. Um, so 
Yeah, I thought the thing with Rhodey and Sam, like Rhodey being the guy that Sam was talking to mm-hmm. in the beginning, um, you know, was was powerful. Like it was, it feels kind of like a coincidence, but like they're two, you know, they're these two, you know, black American military guys who both were sidekicks to like main core Marvel yeah. Avenger heroes. And now they're like the frontline yeah. heroes, right? They're... Those guys are gone, and now, you know, it's their time. Um, and so, I and, you know, further thought, like, you know, Rhodey talking to Sam about that I thought was very interesting and that it was those two guys. But then, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, I think Sam's right that there shouldn't be another Captain America because, I mean, personally, I can kind of agree with the Flag Smashers, at least about, you know, nations. But having said that, if anyone's going to be Captain America, like, I think yeah. Sam's the best choice. And I do think having a black Captain America would be a really powerful symbol. I mean, I know they've done it in the comics. I imagine they're going yeah. to go there here, but, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, but, like, assuming that he's a Captain America the way Steve Rogers was a Captain America in representing the supposed values right. of the nation and not just being, like, another person co-opted by the military-industrial complex in order to further American hegemony, like like this uh, Agent yeah, I think, Walker, I think that's I think, the biggest danger with, 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 with this one. I think the, the way it's... To me, the most telling line of the show was, the world has many heroes, but America needs a hero. You know, because I think Steve yeah. Rogers was very like, clear that wasn't him. And I, I will just say... Yes. Um, other people can do differently and you're going to do differently and that's fine. I am very solidly committed to nothing that has ever happened on a comic book page is in any way relevant to any of my understanding of this season because Mephisto, 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 fair, Mephisto, fair, Mephisto, fair. Mephisto. Um, I have learned my lesson once bitten, twice shy. Um, I think that was what Marvel was trying to tell us. Maybe not. Who knows? The Pietro of it all tells me to not go down that road of thinking. The other thing I was going to say about um, Rhodey though is as we're talking, one thing that occurs to me is one thing that's never really been talked about. Civil War is basically all about, like, it doesn't get really brought up much, but all the victims in Civil War are black. You know, it's the Wakandan people who were killed. And, yeah. and also, who's the, the one Avenger who was most injured in that whole fight at the airport is Rhodey. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to hear more mm-hmm. about that from Rhodey. The last question I had, though... I'm wondering if I'm the only one who, who felt this way because no one else has talked about this. That whole time they were starting to introduce the new Captain America and they were the Cap was starting to walk down the stairs and at first all you could see was the back of the uniform. Did you have a moment thinking it was going to be Rhodey? Because I definitely did. Oh, I did not. I did have a moment when I noticed he was, like, carrying a oh, gun. Yeah, that's telling. Which, which I think yeah. is very different. Um, no, I didn't think it was Rhodey. I think that would have been really interesting. And like, it's interesting. It's weird. Cause like, I would feel yeah. so much different. Cause like, I know Rhodey. Right. But like, at the same time, it's like, that's an active military guy. Yeah. And like, I, 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 don't know. I, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with the decision they wanted to make. I was just curious if anyone else thought that way. Anyway. Hmm. He was the Iron Patriot already though, right? I think Wasn't that a call- thing? I think in comics, I think they've only called him War Machine in this. But. You may be right there. But yeah, that's certainly why I thought... Like, I will look that thought, up like, and... Uh... I, and I'll say, here's this. I really hope Rhodey wasn't just in that first episode because given the conversation Rhodey already had with Sam, I really at some point, maybe this episode, maybe a later one, I want Rhodey and Sam to talk again. And where Rhodey kind of is talking about... Because like, I could see him being like, look, someone needs to be Cap if it wasn't you. Or if he's like, dude, you idiot. 
this is why you needed to do it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we had a chance. Anyway, like... let's take us back to future Matthew and future Paul to go back to the podcast already in motion. <laughs> I'm doing the uh, Wayne's World hands. Welcome back. This is uh, us right now in the moment. So, Paul, we've heard what you're hoping for from the show. What do you think it's now going to be? I think it's a show that's very much about race and is not at all backing down from that. Um, and I think that's great. Uh, I also, just from the beginning of the show, like, to start at the top, the way that they kind of op- they opened on Walker, right? On the mm-hmm. new Captain America that nobody really wants to be Captain America. And made him so human yeah. and so relatable. And then I still think he's the bad guy. But, like, he's a person, right? Yeah. Um, I love that. I think that was a really good choice. Yeah, that was kind of what I meant about, like, feeling like there isn't really any clear good guys and bad guys here. Let's definitely get into those characters, but I do just want to say as a quick thing first, uh, in terms of what you're talking about with race, when Paul and I first decided we were going to do these episodes, obviously I think we knew that race was going to be a part of the show. I, I don't think I or, or either of us, especially before we saw the first episode, but definitely now before uh, after seeing the second episode, had really no idea just how central race was going to be to this show and especially the black experience. And I think I'm, I'm always very conscious of the idea of wanting to be able to share my perspective on the things that I think I can, I can speak accurately about and also knowing my own limitations. And I want to make sure that other voices are a part of these conversations and neither Paul and I are black and can't really speak to black experience about that. Not that I think anyone guessed could, but I'm definitely going to make a priority, uh, making sure that we do get one, hopefully more, uh, guests who can also join us on these podcasts who can speak from black experience or, or other people of color, uh, things like that. Because I do think that there's so much that this show is specifically talking about from that experience that I think you and I can have some interesting perspectives on, but it'd be really great to use this platform to give uh, uh, folks of color and especially uh, some black creators a voice on that. So I'm not going to uh, tell you when where that's going to happen or what it's going to happen, but I'm absolutely going to make that a priority and uh, something we're going to keep in mind in terms of what topics we do discuss when it is just the two of us. For sure. Uh, so that being said, though, uh, yeah, let's talk about uh, John Williams. Is it John? No, it's John, John Walker. Walker. Right? Wait, is it John? Johnny Walker? John- yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Johnny Walker. Someone's got to make a joke about that. Somewhere. Right. Oh, man. Um, Like, just really quickly, like, what were they doing in Chile? Like. Yeah. It's like, why is the U.S. military there? Is it overthrowing another uh, democratically elected leftist government and replacing it with a right-wing authoritarian um Oh, come on. We regime. did that in the 70s. We don't do that anymore. That's so 70s. No, it's like every 50 years, you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I I started out with that scene, and I was like, wait, really? You're going to make us like this guy? Okay, so he's not going to be the bad guy? And then they were like, oh, and yes, he has a girlfriend of color, or, or a wife, or a partner, yeah. who's maybe black, maybe Latinx, but certainly not white herself. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. That's kind of a like a nice way of lampshading, like... This is a guy who's not necessarily just, like, Johnny racist. Right, right. And then they were like, oh, and he also, his, like, best friend who's also going to be working on this issue is black. I, I don't know where they're going with it, but it seemed like they were trying to say, like, A, this is an, a, a good guy who's in a hard situation and who is himself, like, maybe not the most racist person in the world. Although, again, don't know where it is. But also the impression I think they were trying to tell us is that the government enrolling him out because they know that people know that, like, Sam might have been Captain mm. America and now this white guy is instead. 
that they were very intentionally like surrounding him with black people to try and have that like nope don't worry we're no racism here this is all fine right right yeah that there's like a certain attention paid to optics i mean it's like mostly it seems like it's about that right so yeah but um, also i mean like clearly like the girl you know, the, the partner wasn't faked and his relationship oh, yeah, yeah. with battlestar wasn't faked so i think right maybe they chose him partially because you know he's not like a white dude who's just surrounded by white people all the time right and and um, yeah so where'd you wind up with him because i i think i'm still kind of on the fence and that i feel like he's he's obviously being kind of a dick but i also think he's making some kind of legitimate points um and yeah and i just i i have a lot of sympathy for him but also in that kind of like you know, sometimes you watch a character who has gone through awful things or been put in a really hard situation make really dumb decisions. And you're like, ah, you're being an idiot and you're screwing everything up. And I'm mad at you for that. But I also have sympathy for you. That That's kind of how I felt because it felt like he was kind of like doing a lot of projecting and a lot of like, I'm, I just got my ass kicked. I'm super nervous about this. I'm going to try and assert myself. What, what was your take on, on John Walker? I think he's kind of a dick who is a stooge for an evil empire yep. and thinks he's doing the right thing yeah, and is, you know, a, a human person who, you know, isn't, I think he's more of an antagonist than a villain. Although like through the light of like my own, you know, view on, on world politics, like, is a villain, but isn't like it more of a henchman kind of, you right. know, it's not like he wants to do some really bad thing. It's like, he's part of a group that he thinks is doing the right thing and he wants to help them do the right thing. Um, but it was like very specifically named like, yeah, it's great for the ones who, you know, have the resources mm-hmm. that want to protect the resources. Right. I mean, it, it's, it, it wasn't like just kind of, waved at i mean it was very explicitly named sort of what oh yeah um you know like what goes on in the world and and the purpose of of different militaries and power structures and um you know i i don't think that he's motivated by ill things i think he's misguided if you will Mm -hmm. Uh, but also like you know he's he's got a gun he shot one of the flag smashers who haven't caused anyone permanent harm so far yeah, no, you I, know, we'll get, like I their body on, count is zero. I want to stay on Walker except well, for their own guy. Yeah, I, I want to stay on Walker <laughs> oh. uh, for one more minute, but then let's definitely talk about the flag smashers. So here's the thing I had before the episode, as people just heard, I was talking about how Torres might well be that one who, you know, changes sides, who realizes that he really shouldn't be on the military and he switches. And I think that's still possible. But now, honestly, I think there's a decent chance that John Walker does that. You know, and maybe it's that he actually, like, you know, because we know that he idolizes Steve. He idolizes Sam and Bucky. I mean, he, I think it's very clear he wants them to be with him. And his thing at the end of, like, well, then don't get on my way. To me, that's just hurt feelings and posturing in that moment. Like, I think he's really hurt that his heroes don't want him to, you know, come and play. Um, And my my thought is that maybe he'll, like, you know, three quarters of the way through the season, like, actually switch sides or that. Maybe he's the one who, like, up till the final fight is kind of against them, but there's a moment where, like, maybe he sort of caught them, but he lets them go because he realizes that they're right or something like that. He's still kind of mostly on the side of the government, but has that moment of quiet rebellion. Um, I don't know, but what, what, do you, what do you think? Do you think there's a possibility of, of Walker playing that role? 
I think it's a possibility. I think Torres is more likely to be the one who actually just straight up changes teams. Yeah. But I could see Walker doing the sort of like, all right, I'm not going to help you, but I'm not going to stop you kind of thing. You know, where like, I don't know, maybe he's sent to like, I mean, it's so complicated. Like, I don't even know. They're free agents, so they can kind of do whatever. But on the other hand, like, can't they not because of the Sokovia Accords? It's so confusing. But. Yeah, I'm very curious what that, what's happening there. Because we talked last time that I don't know if Sam signs the Sokovia Accords. I don't think there's any way in the world um, Bucky gets his pardon with all, like, there's all these things he has to do. I feel like, of course, he would have to. Well, because they did say that Hawkeye was able to retire without signing the Sokovia Accord. So maybe if um, maybe if Bucky had said I was going to retire and not do those things anymore, he didn't have to sign. But now right. the, the police clearly know no, he hasn't retired. Stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I think we're just going to kind of... My sense is, and maybe this is going to be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong, but my sense is that somewhere along the way... The, the MCU writers realized what a like corner they'd written themselves into by making the Sokovia Accords as strict as they were and not having them change. Yeah. And they've kind of just decided to kind of hand wave them. And maybe there's sort of thought of like five years after the blip, no one's paying as much attention anymore. But it, it I, I don't know how to make sense of the story with where the Sokovia Accords are supposed to be. I, I totally agree with that. Um, I mean, honestly, like, just brief aside, the Sokovia Accords kind of, like, break the MCU for me. Uh, but, yeah. like, you know, it, it, I'm okay with them kind of hand-waving them away a little bit, as long as they don't just bring them back only when it's convenient to, like, be annoying. Yeah. You know? But um, the the other point, though, is, like, what is Bucky pardoned for? Like, being mind-controlled? So you and I are having this conversation. I think there's actually a whole ethical debate we can get into this on. And it's funny, um, I, I made this joke already, but Rob McKenzie and I did a whole episode on the idea of cloning. And related to that was the idea of, like, what are you legally responsible for if it's yeah. a different version of you? Right. Mind control isn't quite the same, but I think I think is the same, is similar enough. My understanding is that right now under the law, because we don't really have any, like, mind control possibilities, that, you know... If your body commits a crime, you, you, that person who is in that body is held responsible for that. And if you can prove that you were like mentally unbalanced, that maybe you get, you know, treated to like, you know, mental help instead of jail. And I mean, th- th- that whole character system is really screwed up. Uh, like the, the way, yeah, I mean, there's so much we can get into there about how re- uh, retributive justice is just terrible. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, like the, the we, when we talked about before, the closest we have is the the Patty Hearst case where someone claimed that she was brainwashed, um, and and there the the courts were pretty clear that, um, you know that's not a, a valid excuse. Your body did that. Your mind was there. You were doing it. Now, clearly, in the case of Bucky, we have we we have something that doesn't exist in our in our actual world. A a, a I mean, people can disagree about the Patty Hearst thing. I don't think I have an opinion. When I don't I don't know enough to have an opinion. I just was telling right. people what happened. But clearly, I think with Bucky, it's something different. But my 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 reading of the situation is that the legal system hasn't really caught up to it, and so they had Which... to be like the person the person that we see as Bucky Barnes committed these crimes, and the pardon is a way of recognizing that like 
we understand that you didn't do the crimes. And so because oh, in our no. legal system, because in our legal system, you're still culpable enough that we wanted that we want to at least issue the pardon just to stop any possibility of anyone else at some point saying, no, actually, we do think, you know, Bucky, we don't believe the brainwashing. Let's put him on trial. But yeah, I, th- I think you're right that it's it, it's a weird thing that sort of it it's kind of a sign of like that the legal system doesn't actually have an understanding of what happened to Bucky. Right. And it's like, the thing is, it's like, it's not this isolated incident, right? It's like Eric's, Eric Selvig, Hawkeye, you know, they got mind controlled in 2012. Right. right. And then, you know, in 2000 something, it was revealed that, um, you know, Bucky was the winter soldier and he had been brainwashed and everybody knows that. And I mean, they have it on video, like basically right. the, you know, the activation of him and then Scarlet Witch is going around what mind controlling people like, you the know, Purple for... Man with Jessica Jones was in the Purple news. Purple Man. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, which, you know, whether or not that's canonical to the MCU as it exists now, who knows, whatever. But like the point being like mind control is clearly a thing in this universe. Mm-hmm. It has been for over a decade, like really they should be able to get some laws on the books by then yeah um and like bucky was not an assassin the winter soldier was an assassin bucky was a killer i mean he was a soldier right he killed people in the war but um you know for the (laughs) u.s government basically so you know the idea of him being pardoned but then the second thing is like who's he being pardoned by is he being pardoned by the u.s government is it by some international court because a lot of his crimes were not in the united states yeah no i think that's very clear and of I think, the winter soldiers I, I i think there's just a whole host of legal questions that i think are fascinating you think are fascinating that's the whole point, like that kind of part, right. not that ethics and legality are the same thing by any means but that the, there's an awful lot of ethics in the way legality is or isn't expressed i don't think we're gonna get that in this show you know and i I love a court. I know the MCU is kind of doing every different, um, you know, genre. We've had like the heist movie. We've had the time travel. We were now having a buddy cop. We've had the romance and the mystery show. I want the courtroom drama at some point. And I mm-hmm. think She-Hulk, we may get that. And frankly, right. if we do, you know, I would love it if she, like, I, honestly, I know it's not official. We don't know if it's MCU canon or not, but the one thing I wanted from Daredevil, which I think is the, one of the best shows ever made on television. I wanted more, not just more legal stuff, but Matt Murdock in comics goes into, you know, legal issues around superheroes. I yeah. wanted that. And I, I think we're going to get that with She-Hulk. That's the impression I get is that she's going okay. to be a character who, I mean, obviously she's doing a lot of smashing. She's doing a lot of awesome fighting stuff and, and superhero stuff, but that she's going to be involved in the legal questions that superheroes bring up. So my hope is we're going to get that then, but I I don't think we're going to get that here. I I agree. I agree. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. Like, you know, there's there's plenty of other stuff that, you know, we're dealing we're dealing with a lot of shit here. Yeah. Like Well, so, so. let's talk what else about Bucky. Um cuz he also I, I mean, we could talk about we could do a full episode on all these characters, but I Yeah. I'm really enjoy it, it's funny cuz we didn't see we set up so much interesting stuff for Bucky last episode and we didn't see any of that there here. But I wasn't disappointed. This all felt very much in the character. It it felt entirely believable. I think we... I, I feel like I'm learning so much more about this character through this show. I Me too. I mean, like, honestly, like, we didn't see that much of Bucky in... I mean, he was in, you know, the first adventure, right? right? But 
then he disappears somewhere through the movie. Um, you know, he's not in the majority of the movie. And then in The Winter Soldier and Civil War and everything after that, like, he looks super badass. He is a badass. But there's, like, really only little moments of him, like, actually, you know, right. doing, like, character stuff, you know? Um, and so actually getting to see him be a character uh, is is great, you know? Um, yeah. I feel like Sam was, like, a little more developed in, you know, already, like, in... Um, uh, the Winter Soldier, especially, which is funny because you know the Winter Soldier is the title character, but right. um, you know mostly he's a he's a you know voiceless killer most of the time. Um, right. But so I feel like we have a better idea of who Sam is, mm-hmm. um, and I mean I think Sam has a better idea of who Sam is than yeah. Bucky does of who Bucky is at this point, right? And so I think that's you know that's one interesting thing about the character. Uh, you know, going back to the therapy session in the first one, you know, when she looks at his phone and she's like, you haven't, you know, you've been ignoring Sam. Like, I was kind of like, yeah, okay, he's going through some shit. Like, it doesn't really, you know, feel like talking to anybody. But like, Sam was going through some shit too, you yeah. know? And so, you know, Bucky ghosting Sam like that when Sam was like deciding whether or not to be Captain America, like, that's not cool. Yeah. You know, and that, I didn't think about that so much in the first one, but, you know, and maybe he wouldn't have been able to, you know, speak to some of Sam's doubts. Right. right. Um, and I thought that moment where it came out where he's like, well, if he's wrong about you, then maybe oh, he's wrong about me, too. Moment. It was so powerful. And it was so disappointing that then, like, they're like, OK, let's just go smash stuff like we yeah. don't want to deal with this now. Like, it's understandable in the narrative. Yeah, and, and I want to. Um, we can easily drift into review territory here, and I want to say that um, I, I I imagine most of you folks are right connected to other to other other uh, strain of panda stuff. But if you're not, the MCU cast is doing just straight up reviews of every episode. They're fantastic. Definitely check those out. But I think I mean part of why we're talking about all these different parts of the show is because they're all laden with all these like ethical moral questions. And I think yeah, Bucky, like... I mean, Bucky's whole character is about that. Bucky's a character about both finding redemption for whatever, like, because I think part of the thing is that whether or not the U S government is, is convinced that like Bucky and winter soldier are two different people. I think Bucky is one of the ones who's most wrestling with that. And we can maybe say like, it's the winter soldier who did it. It's not you. I feel like on some level, he doesn't fully believe that. And because he has all those memories. Yeah. He has all those memories and maybe, you know, and there's always that sense of like, you know, could I have been strong enough to fight the brainwashing? Or you know, sure. I, I, he's such that character of like he's supposed to be strong enough. Mm-hmm. But also, I think we really get like we talked about it before, like the siblings who are fighting over kind of like older brother's approval or dad's approval or whatever. That scene of the the two of them with a therapist was just so powerful for setting up like where these characters are coming from and the decisions they're making. You know, and I, I, I felt like. Everything you needed to know about Bucky wrestling with his own doubts, with his own guilt, uh, with him trying to decide, like, is he responsible for being the Winter Soldier, is wrapped up in that line of, that you brought up. Like, if he was wrong about you, Sam, he's wrong about me. Because it's, it's really showing to me, like, you know, Cap is the one who saved Winter Soldier. Cap is the one yeah. who brought Bucky out. And I think what we're seeing is that, like, Bucky kind of made Steve his moral North Star. You know, and yeah. and this is something I can really relate to. Um, and you know, you and I, you you were you went through this with me when I was in the worst of my mental health stuff and and trauma and things like that. One of the things was like I didn't trust anything. I didn't 
I knew that like I had been thinking I was doing the right thing and the moral thing when I was actually hurting people. And I started being like, I don't trust my own ability to decide what's right or wrong. And I wanted to kind of do that fixate thing on like, no, this person tells me it's right. This other person tells me it's right. You know, and whether it was a church or a therapist or friends or things like that. And so I, I totally now see like Bucky's in that same place of, yeah. you know, he doesn't know if he can actually decide what's right or wrong. And so he wants, if Steve said it's okay, then it's okay. And yeah, it was just, there, there's just so much happening in that scene. Yeah. I mean, Sam was always like, I do what he does just not, or slower, not as yeah. fast. I don't, <laughs> yeah. Totally butchered the line. Um, but like Bucky, like, yeah, he was, you know, he was like, yeah, I'm going to go fight in this war. But then after that, he, you know, he was basically like, you know, what Steve does is what I'm doing also. And um, he, I mean, every Captain America movie is about Steve saving Bucky. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like literally every Captain America movie. So like now, now there's, you know, Steve's not there to save Bucky anymore. Right. Bucky kind of has to save himself or has to reach out and, you know, connect with Sam and, yeah. you know, maybe through therapy, maybe through, um, you know, his new friends. Like, and I also wonder if on some level, because of the guilt Bucky is carrying, like, does on some level, ha there's some part of Bucky that has to ask, why didn't Steve give the shield to me? And I sure, feel like yeah. there, that there, there also may be the sense of like, I have to believe that Sam is the right person or else I have to think that Steve thought I was the wrong person, you know, right. and that, that, that there's just so much projection there and so much, I mean, he's just, this is a man wrestling with demons and like it's yeah. just it's so well done yeah oh uh, and i just i we've talked before about like the importance of you know trauma and therapy and things like that being portrayed on screen and i think the marvel netflix shows did it very well a lot of the mcu stuff hadn't done it they did some great stuff with iron man yeah i'm so loving the way that they're being so real about and i you you talked about this in our earlier part you know that like Especially for someone like Bucky, he really comes from that culture of men don't talk about their feelings, men don't go to therapy, and just getting to see all the stuff he's wrestling with and how he's going through it is just—I feel like it's great television, but I also just feel like it's—it's it's really a great step forward in terms of mental trauma being represented on TV and in, in in powerful ways. Absolutely, and I mean, I I just think that's so important, you know. Yeah. I mean. Um, it's just, it's so underrepresented, you know, yeah. it's so undealt with and, you know, it, the same way that I think a show like this can bring, you know, some more consciousness about issues, you know, um, relating to race. I think it can also bring uh, more consciousness to issues relating to mental health and to yeah. trauma and to, a, you know, to an audience that's maybe not like looking for that straight away right yeah. that's like that's not like there's a lot of people who are just like i just want to see these people be badass right and it's like okay you get that right like yeah. we're gonna have some really good fight scenes but we're also gonna have all yeah. this and there's a lot of bad cgi in this fight scene but that's another story <laughs> i guess i yeah. don't know i didn't i didn't really have that experience okay <laughs> um but no I, I think you're making a really good point there and um you know, because I think yeah, I think I think you're really trying to find that balance. You know, it was funny after the first episode. There's a lot of talk on a number of different podcasts about like 
the subtlety of the way racism was being addressed and like yeah you know that that you know there, there are folks who might not have seen the racism in like the scene with the banker and that i i think it's good because it's a good way of showing like there's nothing subtle in this here like they were right. being yeah. you know the police stop isaiah which we'll all talk about um yeah. But yeah, I think it's great. I think it's it's raising all these different issues and all ones that feel very real to the characters. For sure. And I mean, I don't know. Do you want to do you want to get into that part now? Yeah, I was going to do I, I want to do that. I want to do Flag Smasher. But let's, let's go into that one now. Um, OK, so yeah, uh, go ahead. I mean, I, I think one thing that felt really important to me about that being such an issue in, in this episode like Mm -hmm. the second episode after there's this very subtle racism in the first episode is like you know i mean this isn't something that i've dealt with in my life right but you know and and it's something that for most of my life i was unaware how much people deal with it because you know a lot of my friends just didn't talk about it very much yeah um but then listening to people it's like part part of it isn't just like it's not just like one thing, right? It's like, that's not the first time cops like, you know, hassled Sam probably. Oh yeah. Right. Like it's that it's all these different instances in different ways, you know, expressed different ways, sometimes more overt, sometimes more subtle, sometimes, you know, um, you know, explicit racism, sometimes more implicit biases that, you know, just the idea that this is something that people deal with day in, day out. And to kind of like hit us with it episode after episode, I feel like that kind of drives it home a little bit more than if you just kind of, you know, kind of like lampshaded it like, oh yeah, there's, there's racism in the MCU. See, but then like, now we're just going to get on with the show kind of, it's like, no, you, you can't just like get on with the show because like people can't just like, ignore it right it's like if it's an if it's a factor in your life it's probably a factor in your life on a very regular basis in a way that you know most of us don't understand in a you know in an experience way but can understand by just by listening to people you know listening to people tell us about their experiences and watching it on screen with a character that we empathize with right? right like we you know we can relate to sam and then we see this happen over and over and you know, that's where he was like, you know, you and Steve, you you can't understand why I would not feel like it was the, you know. I mean, he said you can't understand that I would be doing what I thought was right. Right. But I think, like, what he meant was kind of like that they, you know, they don't understand where he's coming from because they, they haven't had the, the same experience right. that, that he had. And that's why I think, honestly, the, the story of Isaiah is so perfect for this because... Yeah. That's exactly it. I feel like, you know, any time in the future that Bucky wants to say, but Sam, why didn't you, why did you think just because you were black, you couldn't take up the shield? Sam just needs to point to Isaiah and say, yeah. like, look what happened when we had a, a super soldier. Cap, no, Cap was nowhere to be found. This could have been Captain America. Yeah. And instead he went to jail because right. America was not at all willing to admit that there was a black, that that the per you know the person with the same skills as the very embodiment of everything about America was uh you know a black person and that right. I mean to me that was just such a great way of not like hitting you over the head with it in a in a way that felt like just just making the point because it's also adding a great dimension to the story but just so well like I 
I imagine we're definitely going to go back to Isaiah. Like, I think he's definitely going to be a big part of things going, maybe not for a couple more episodes, but I'm really interested to spend more time with that character because I think that's just such an, another interesting twist on, on, on everything they're saying about race. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that, that was like the, the, the cops pulling, pulling them over and like being like, is this man bothering you? And Bucky's like, do you, do you know who this is? Like, what's wrong with you? I thought they were going to be like, oh, you're Falcon. Can we get some selfies with you? Right. Like, that's like hitting you over the head, right? Mm-hmm. In a way that's like realistic because that shit happens every day right. in this country and, and throughout the world. But, you know, the I, I the Isaiah story was like, it was like, like getting knifed or something, you know? It's right. like, it's just like cut in this way that's like, it feels so real, you know, because... Because that's like, of course, that's what would happen if there was like a black super soldier in 1951, right. you know, like America wasn't going to be like, oh, yeah, this is the new Captain America. Like, of course, that guy should have been the new Captain America, you know, if there was going to be another Captain America, which is its own question. But like, you know, it's like, no, they're like, no, we're just going to experiment on him for 30 years. Yeah. And then he's going to, you know, end up just like angry and old and it's like. It, it's that's like upsetting in a in a different way mm-hmm. you know yeah i mean it's like we were wondering before about how much uh this show was gonna be kind of critical of you know america not just like hydra controlled shield that's kind of american but like actually america and, yeah. and we're definitely going there you know i mean we are clearly going there um yeah. and i think i mean experiments were done on on soldiers oh I yeah mean, yeah no, i mean that's very much the tuskegee airman stuff. like that's very much yeah. like referencing real stuff um so yeah, I'm I'm very curious to hear how all that plays out, uh, as as well as again, I feel like um, you know, I, I appreciate what you named about how like we're watching it through the eyes of folks who've not had that experience. And I think it's good we're talking about that. I'm gonna really be interested to see what um, uh, black writers and creators are having to say about these scenes, and I think that's also gonna kind of inform a lot of stuff as we go forward. Um, and I I will make sure to be uh, posting some 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 of the good articles and stuff that I find because I think there's just the I. You know, there are times where I talk about, like, I, I know I've spoken to people about how, like, I see things about the way disabled characters are portrayed that they might not even think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's the same kind of thing. Like, I think that there's, you know, elements of that, of that, that I just, you know, I, I don't think I'm, I'm catching on to. And so would love to hear other perspectives on. What, what do you think about Flag Smashers? I think we're kind of, uh, they're, they're kind of the heroes right now, right? There's one thing that really bothered me. Sure. So I'll lead with that. Which was the very last bit where the one dude's like, oh, I'll slow him down and then you can all get away. Mm-hmm. Okay, very noble and self-sacrificing or whatever. And then he goes and knocks over some telephone, you know, or a power um, line, right? Yeah. To slow them down. And then the plane's ready to go. They get in the plane. The plane's like leaving. And then he's like, now I will just go run straight at all these people with guns and get shot like nothing. Like, what was the point of that? That that drives me nuts, things like that. Yeah, I, I think that was meant to... I think we were meant to think that if he didn't do that, that they would have caught up to the plane or been able to shot the plane or, or something like that. I think they didn't do a good job of portraying that. Because, yeah, or else it just looks really stupid. Um, but I think part yeah. of that is I do think that they made a very conscious choice of this guy isn't going to fight these people. Uh, right. Which I, I agree. I think is a really interesting thing there. and. It's interesting because, like, in that fight scene, they weren't pulling their punches, but they also, you're right, they didn't kill anybody. And Yeah, yeah they're unarmed. I mean, they're super soldiers, 
you know, they're as unarmed as a super soldier could be. But, right. like, they're not shooting people. Right. They're not shooting people. They're not, um, they're punching people. And I, I mean, I think, like, they're in that same kind of way of, like, Daredevil, like, doesn't right. kill people. He hits them. There's an awful yeah, yeah, lot of yeah. things that they were doing that could well have led to someone's death. They, um, they knocked a not super soldier off the back of a moving truck. Yes. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, if, if Walk, Walker, I mean, if Walker doesn't do that, Battlestar is, is dead. Like, I think so. Right, or at, at least has some really bad road burn on his ass. Yeah. So I don't think they're necessarily trying to be, like, completely nonviolent. I just think, to me, the thing that's most interesting is, so far, their goals are being betrayed as fairly, like, fairly important. You know, you said, like, what are they doing? They're trying to make sure that medicine goes to the people who yeah. need it most. And it's it's interesting because some of the way that's being set up, I, I feel like it's being set up to be this very, like, it's a morally complex question, which there isn't any good or bad, because some of what they said about, you know, well, all the resources are going to the new people and they should just be going to the, you know, to the people who stuck it out. There is an element there of like, you know, we're the ones who suffered, so we should get those resources and screw these new people. And I, I feel like that's maybe they're trying to show like that these folks are going a little too far in the other direction. But mm. certainly I feel like everything that they're doing is... You know, they're stealing medicine to get it to people who need it. They're, you know, I, I feel like the, there's some other, were, the other group who's trying to chase them down. Maybe those are the bad ones. I don't know what's oh, going yeah. on there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, like we joked about, like we said before, I came out of this thinking like, yeah, one world, one people. That's, that's a cause I can get behind. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, uh, I don't think we necessarily need to go deep into, um, like, our view of nations and borders and stuff. Yeah. But um, and you and I feel I'm like against are, it. You and I are by no means the same on that, although I'm... I'm That's true. I'm That's sympathetic true. in the direction you are. But, but certainly I think I am of the opinion of, you know, one of the concepts that often comes up in science fiction that I like quite a bit is that as humanity starts to realize that we're not alone and deals with other threats... Like, the difference between different nations matter a lot more when you're one of, like, you know, 20 different or 20 million different races in the galaxy. And I feel like at the time that, like, you said this before, after Earth has been invaded three different times, yeah. maybe you start <laughs> thinking, like, the differences between our country, like, maybe we should kind of work together and, like, world government's not the worst idea in the world. Right, exactly, exactly. Like, you've been in, invaded three times in 11 years. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe get your shit together, humans, and stop fighting each other. And, like, if you're gonna spend money on defense, spend it on planetary defense. Yeah. You know, not on, you know, fighting other humans. Um, obviously, that could be easier said than done. But, like, yeah, it seems like... You know, if there's ever a time, like, I think now is the time. Uh, I understand I'm quite radical yeah. in my beliefs on almost everything. Um, you know, like, I would say my political beliefs could be most summed up by the beginning of uh, Winter Soldier on your left. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but like, you know, it, it's it's just like... Yeah, like, what are you doing, humans? Yeah. Like, in the real world, it's bad enough, but when you have, like, aliens invading you every five or six years, like, come on! And, and the sad thing is, I, it's, to me, the whole idea of, like, yeah, if during the blip you learned to be kind of one government, one people, oh, yeah. why go back from that? But also, I do think it's very real. And I'm reminded of um, Ender's Game, a great book, not so good movie, 
the author of it, Orson Scott Card, is a pretty terrible person. Absolutely agree with that. But I, I do think it's a very good book. Uh, but one of the things in that book is that's one of those science fiction things I, I mentioned where the idea is that the, the, the threat of alien invasion that's actually happened brings everyone together into one world government to make one yeah. world military to fight the threat. But that literally, like, once people start realizing that the war, before even the war is fully over, like, once they start realizing the war is almost over, the different, like, nation states that still kind of exist in this world government mm. are already starting to, like, you know, jockey for influence and power. Because yeah. the minute the threat's gone, they're going right back to nation fighting against nation. And right. I remember at the time being like, ah, oh, come on, that's 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 too pessimistic even for this. And now, like, looking at just our own world, but also looking at the story, I'm like, yeah, maybe there's a point there. And I, I just, I just, this is so morally gray. You know what this is? This is Netflix MCU quality in terms oh. of, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was fun. And most of the MCU is great, and I love it. But I don't think we've ever, except maybe in like Killmonger and and uh, that, and and to some extent in Civil War, we very rarely gotten like the moral complexity of like, you know, that they went into with Daredevil, like wrestling with yeah. like should he kill or not, and For sure. Luke Cage and all his stuff. Mm-hmm. This is going there. Like this is feeling to me more and more like the, the Netflix MCU ethos coming to Disney Plus. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely, um, you know, it's the closest to that in terms of like not the tone so much, but I, but like theme. Yeah, I'd say you know, and um, yeah, I'm I'm very pleasantly, uh, pleasantly surprised. Like I, mm-hmm. I expected that it was going to be a good series and that I would mostly enjoy it. Um, I'm getting more optimistic that it's going to continue going in a direction where I feel like. They're not just raising interesting and important questions, but they're actually addressing them in yeah. a meaningful way. And I really hope they continue with that. I still think that, you know, the Flag Smasher thing is a little uh, ambiguous and they they might not really do justice. At the same time, I feel like if it's just this group of like a small number of people, like, you know, maybe it's okay that they like don't have some really clear ethos. Like, they have a clear ethos that they believe in, yeah. right? But, like, there's all sorts of of people who want to make things better in a particular way who don't agree on everything. So... Yeah, my um, my guess would be that it's actually the people who have the the serum, the super soldier yeah. serum that they got it from, that that's more going to turn into the big bad. I think so. Um, the power broker, probably. Yeah, something like that. Who's Something I, I, I look forward to us learning more about. Um, I, I also think, um, and here I'll just, I'll name my own bias. I've been talking about, like, if there's a person flag smasher, I've been using he the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so seeing that the leader of it's a woman was actually kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. That's a fun way to, you know, uh, subvert, you know, hey, point out to me that I was making kind of a sexist assumption there. Um, you know, and so I definitely like that. I'm I'm curious to see where they're going to go with her character. Um, yeah, me too. You know, yeah, when, when that one... Dude, who I think is a dude. I'm trying to remember if we even saw his face later. We probably did, right? But in the, you know, when they robbed the Swiss bank and it's like, oh, that guy's the leader. It's like, what? how do we know that? Like, Torres, how do we know that? Yeah. Like, well, especially, you know? I think, because the way they lamp- the way they explained it is that multiple people have superpower, have super strength. Right, right. Group, you know, I think. 
Yeah, like, but they didn't know that at that point, right? right yeah, exactly. But, but, yeah. but, well, I think you would hope, like, there's only going to be one super soldier in that group. Like, oh, no. Nope, right, oops. and then they're like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So, we'll see where that goes. Um, And also, just speaking of that, you know, I've tried hard not to, like, pay attention to spoilers and stuff like that. But there's a lot of people talking about, oh, if Zemo's going to be in this, that must mean he's the big villain. And maybe mm. he still is. But I loved the way they introduced Zemo. Because, again, it's the, like, we're not just setting him up to be the clear big bad. We're setting up, he's just, he's a guy. He has information. Yeah. We're going to go talk to him. He's going to have his own agenda and his own feelings about the Empire, you know. And I, we've not met a character yet who I feel like is just, like, a caricature good guy or bad guy. Like, mm-hmm. maybe the government official who took the, the, sh- the shield oh. from Sam. He's yeah, kind yeah. of like that. And then, like, little characters like the banker and stuff. But, like. Sure. Yeah, I mean, even just what they did with with the new captain, we're just we're getting people instead of good guys and bad guys, and to me, that's that's the heart and soul of this podcast. You know, is that that's what right we want. for sure, for sure. And I mean, Zemo like had a legit grievance, yeah. right? Like he just he's one of those people who's like, oh yeah, you're you're upset about something that you should be upset about. Uh, maybe exactly what you're trying to do, not the best, yeah. Uh, you know, but like, yeah, that's definitely someone you want to go and have a, a Hannibal Lecter moment with, or a you know Zahir moment. Yeah, um, more of a Zahir, I think, because uh, of certain reasons, or yeah. of a Daredevil talking to Kingpin in prison. That too, yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm I'm very happy that he doesn't seem to be the big bad. I mean, maybe he will be. We don't know, but yeah. like. I, I like the idea of characters showing up again, not always being like the evil mastermind just because they were the evil mastermind last time. Like, you know, letting them be a person and, you know, they're trying to stop super soldiers. He wasn't really into the whole super soldier thing. Yeah. So, like, maybe he wants to help them, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I... Uh, hopefully he won't turn Bucky into the Winter Soldier again. <laughs> that... I'll I'll just rage quit the show. I'm just saying right now. Yeah, like, I, I think for any of this to make sense, we have to believe that Shuri did something to fix um you know, so that the Brit to undo the brainwashing. Yeah. Because I yeah, yeah. I, I, I do feel like and this is a much larger question I think we can get into, but you know, I think that there's very interesting legal issues that happen where if a person basically has the potential to like, to me like someone like take Superman, you know? If Superman is always that all someone has to do is get some red kryptonite around Superman and he will go evil and be the most powerful evil person <laughs> on the whole planet, like that's not Superman's fault. He shouldn't be right. punished for that. But that also poses an incredible danger. And if there's some limitations, like I I don't know the answer to that, but I think it's a legitimate question. And in the same way, like I think if Bucky was still a danger in that way, then yeah, I think there might be more like maybe we need to restrain him a little bit. Um, I don't know what that looks like, and I hate just saying those words, but I think it's... It doesn't look like putting handcuffs on him and putting him in the back of a cop car. No. That's what it doesn't look like. Like, I thought that was a great scene also, because I think what was very clear there was that, I mean, we've seen other times where people tried to arrest Bucky, and he was just like, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I thought it was a very significant moment for who his character is right now, and the, the choices he's making, that he lets himself be arrested. Right, right, right. He he goes willingly with them. Like, yeah. they would not have been able to stop him if he was like, no. But, you know. Um, yeah, I do think that was a very significant character moment. 
Um, I thought the, you know, the whole dynamic between him and Sam and kind of everything Sam was going through at that moment, you know, um, was really powerful. And, um, I also, the, (laughs) what are you white Panther now? It was like, no, it's white wolf, (laughs) which is actually, I guess, uh, you know, his, his name after he's right after his winter soldier phase. Right. But, uh, but like that said, like the moment, like this is a little bit more review territory was like, Oh, look at you all stealthy. No dude. Was an assassin that was like a ghost that nobody had heard of (laughs) for decades. Like what now he learned, uh, stealth. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) That was definitely, that was, I was like, come on. (laughs) Legit. Legit. Yeah. And I think, um, uh, White Wolf was actually a name I think that the children of Wakanda give him. Yes, because they, yeah. they talk about how that's what he's called. So yeah. All right. Well, I think that hit. Uh, we're a little longer than the twenty minutes we originally planned on these things. Being. Slightly longer episode this week. But yeah, is there any um kind of last things you want to talk about or last points you want to make? Oh, I'm good. I'm sure I'll think of something tomorrow that I wish I'd said. Okay. But um, yeah, it was a heavy episode. And uh, I expect it to keep, but like light to, I don't know. I feel like they struck a really good balance, dealt with a lot of important issues, raised, you know, raised some new issues and um, just kind of told us what kind of show it's going to be, you know. Well, I actually, I think there's an interesting point to be made about there. I, because you're right, it dealt with some very heavy issues. I also laughed more during this episode than I laughed, I think, during any episode of WandaVision. And I found I, I laughed. I found some sorry. parts of WandaVision very funny. Yeah, I I laughed more during this episode than for the entire season of WandaVision. Yeah, um, I I, like, I found a lot of WandaVision a lot funnier than you did. But either way, of, of course, my point is, yeah. it was hilarious. It was hilarious, but also like if when it was hilarious. kind of taking the meta step back and looking at this show as an example of, you know, how these shows can do the thing that Stan Lee talked about wanting to do, and and a lot of comic book creators of. Not just referencing, but using their stories as teachable moments to help their readers think about these issues in new ways. Yeah. You got to keep people's attention and you got to keep people's focus. Mm. And I think the what this episode did of saying we're going to really hit you over the head with some hard issues that, especially if you're you're not of that community, you know, if you haven't dealt with trauma or if you're not black or, or where it is, you may not have thought about we're going to make you think about some uncomfortable things. But we're also going to entertain the hell out of you along the way to keep yeah. you invested. And I think that's yeah. – there's sometimes this attitude of if you're going to talk about serious issues, you have to be super serious. Right. As a as a tool of reaching people, I don't think that works. I think this I really agree. works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there's times to be serious about serious issues, right? right. Like – but in order to kind of breach new ground with people, I absolutely think that that this is – super effective in terms of like you know you make people laugh you 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 know keep kind of a lie i feel like when people laugh they're more receptive to ideas Mm -hmm. in a way you know and then you've got some smash them up action which apparently you know cgi wasn't wasn't your favorite um but like then you also have these really heavy moments and you you know being able to kind of pivot so so effectively from one to another um, I think is is just is great in terms of I mean it's just good storytelling, yeah. but it also I think 
um, just helps get more people thinking about more things. And I think that's just like, that's how we make progress. Yeah. Like it's not fast. It's not by just telling everybody how everything is. And then everybody's like, Oh, okay. That's how everything is. It's like, it's a process. Yeah. And I think things like this are, are really helpful yeah. in that regard. Definitely. I hope, you know, I, I will just say, uh, uh, cause I'm sure a whole bunch of technical people are yelling at me in the comments right now. Um, I realize it, I don't think it's a CGI problem. I think what I was noticing was it seemed that the green screen was done very poorly. Like I kept being very aware that these were people oh, okay. like it did not look like a natural background behind them. That That's what I noticed. But that's um, neither here nor there. I'm not a visual person. Maybe some folks totally will yell at me for that. Go right ahead. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. Yeah. I'm saying I, it wasn't my experience. I was also very far away from my TV mm. and it was dark in the room, which should help or hurt. I don't yeah. know. Whatever. Um. <laughs> fair enough fair enough well listeners let us know what you think um wh- how did you feel about the way this this was how do you feel about some of the serious issues the show was addressing what what's your take on the flag smashers on on the isaiah storyline of where we're going with that on bucky and his trauma um one thing actually paul and i didn't talk about that i know we'll definitely should talk about is is that therapy scene because i think it was a, a really interesting take on, on what you can or can't do there and i'm sure a lot of people have different opinions on that what do you think of the CGI? That's probably more of an MCU cast question, but sure, you can write into us. I, I talked about it. Um, let us know. You can find us on... Uh, you, you, the best way to find us is by searching for The Ethical Panda on Facebook or Twitter, or you can go to email us at theethicalpanda at gmail.com. You can also go to The Ethical Panda... At G, uh, you can also go to theethicalpanda.com. That's the host... That's the home of this podcast and my other podcasts, a number of other things that... Paul and a lot of other great guests have been on. You can also, and lastly, go to the Stranded Panda Podcast Network at strandedpanda.com. That's where you'll find a lot of the other great shows that are going on, including, as I said, the MCU cast. They're doing not only podcasts about it, but they're recording them live on Twitch. It's a great experience. I got to be part of the ones for WandaVision. Uh, now another great person named uh, Jay Scotty is doing the producing for that. Matt and Jeff are the hosts. They're going to take live questions during the chat. They have really great insights. And I've, I'm frankly been incredibly impressed with the way they've been dealing with uh, some of these questions of race and, and stuff it's bringing up too. So definitely check that out. Uh, check out some of the podcasts on there. Write in, let us know what you think about this, and have a good day. And I think Flag Smasher is a vegetarian. That's my read. <laughs> that sounds awesome. 